Please have your attention. It's all a commotion around here. What are you talking about? Let them yap at you. It's actually very exciting. It's actually very exciting. Your mic's muted. Yeah. <laughs> and we lost him again. Hold on a minute. He'll be back. There he is. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Give it a minute, folks. We're having we have we have audio issues. Okay, how about now? Yeah, we hear you now. Okay. I don't get this. The other night I played my videos. It didn't do that at all. And then, you know, when you're on, it seems like it does it more often than when, yeah, when I was on with John. It don't, it don't like when I was me on with Roberts the other night, it didn't do that at all. And I'm not exactly sure. All right. So, again, I'm Brad, and I have Hammonds with me to do the Big Fuss Show. We are College Sportscast. And going to have a little bit of fun, some news and hot topics and some segments tonight. What's up, Hammonds? What's up, man? You've been staying out of trouble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I know. I think I know the answer to that already. You know why? <laughs> I think I know the answer to that already. All right, guys, so we are presented by the Fanboys. We are featured on Let's Talk Sports, Sideline Sports, the Real Fresh channel on Sunday nights, uh, and we are on WSBN TV channel 30. All right, let's start out with some news and hot topics. Um, <clears throat> I guess the biggest news – is the Brock Bowers news. I guess that's probably the biggest news um, to, to hit on is that uh, he has a high ankle sprain, and apparently it's bad enough that he's having surgery on a high ankle sprain. It's going to be out four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you, but, you know, he come back. I think he got hurt, and then he, didn't he come back in the game and play against Vanderbilt a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I think he played a little um, bit with that ankle. He he's a tough, he's a tough old guy. But now he's I. They announced yesterday morning. I'm not sure if he's already had it or not. But they announced yesterday morning that he's having surgery, um, and it's going to be out four to six weeks. So yeah, it's that's a it's tough, a tough break. that's a tough pill it's for a Georgia. Tough break for Georgia, but at the same time, Georgia's got. Other guys they can slot in there, you know. They got love it. Um, and, and they're they're probably to me, Georgia's probably gonna go to their running game now with Edwards. No Darnell Washington. No, they ain't got Darnell to, to <laughs> bail them out a little bit, but yeah. Um, Georgia's got some guys, man. They got some four and five star guys that can just slot in there and, and but they can't replace what Bowers brings to them, though. Bowers is a different di- dimension that he brings to the he brings to the table so it's it's a different it's a different look for this georgia offense to be honest yeah i mean i agree um and and i'm going to dig into this a little bit further as we go along in the show i've got another topic on it so we'll move along to the next one i think this one is on the (laughs) funny side (laughs) i mean i'm just going to be honest with you 
So South Carolina coach Shane Beamer walks into his Tuesday press conference this morning, um, and he has a broken foot. <laughs> and apparently when they lost a 10-point fourth quarter lead against Florida and lost the game on Saturday, he kicked something and broke a bone in his foot. That's tough. A little, a little bit emotional there and, and mm-hmm. kicks something and breaks a bone in his foot. That's tough. That's really, so I'm just saying really to me, it's a little bit on the funny side. It is, but you know, he, he went AWOL listic after the game. Did you did you hear some of his comments? Like just just No, I don't not know, really. Man. Beamer, he I is, like Beamer. He's very emotional. Very Beamer is. Very, very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is up and down with the emotions of the game and everything that's going on, and he is very emotional, Beamer is. And I can actually see him losing his cool and doing this, actually. Um, and he did. Like, he walked into the press conference uh, for this week um, with a broken foot. So, <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. But I had to put that on here. Because I thought it was a little bit funny on the funny side. Now this one's not funny. Just a couple of maybe oh, last this, week or the this one's just tough. last week you know, or the or the week before we was talking Kate about McNamara. Iowa. Yeah, Cade McNamara losing him with a torn well, ACL. They lose a quarterback, and now they lose one of their best tight ends. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Like that's really yeah. tough. And especially and they're coming Iowa. off the big win. Well, let's be fair. Their offense did not look it. Yeah, they, they won. still won yeah. fifteen to six. They held Wisconsin to six points. <laughs> they did beat Wisconsin, but at the same time, man, I was going to have to get this offense straightened out because it's it's atrocious. Well, now it's now, pretty hard defense, to straighten out your offense when you're losing your quarterback and your top tight end. It season. is. I agree, but even even when they had him, it was not real good offensively. Well, I mean, I mean the last week or two, now they've been playing without the quarterback. Now they're going to be playing without the top tight end. I mean, yeah, that that's that makes a, a that's difference. a tough one to swallow. It is. I agree with you. Like that's that's tough, and Iowa is sitting now kind of in the driver's seat in the, um, I guess. The other, no, I don't know what the divisions are in the Big Ten. I don't know what they call them. The one opposite South, Michigan. I think it's South and the West. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure what. Yeah, the, I think, but I think. but they're in the they're in the lead in that division because they just beat Wisconsin. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then this one is so uh, Air Force QB Zach Larrier. He's going to be out for a few weeks with a knee injury. The coach is yeah, kind of being – the coach is kind of being nil on it. He's not really given a time frame um, on this, but yeah, – that um, one's a little He tough. said – the that coach one. said he's going to be out a while is what the coach said. Yeah. This one's tough because, you know, Air Force is what, 6-0? and 6-0. You know, they're playing some really good football right now, and they're probably the most non-talked-about team in college football right now. And they are. Nobody has really said much about Air Force and what they have. You know, they got a really good offense, but their biggest thing, they got a really good defense, a really good defense. And if I'm not mistaken, they're in the top 50 in defensive efficiency, I think. So they're they're a really good football team. And Air Force is, you know, they've won some crucial games and they got some big games coming up. So they we'll had a great season they, last year. They did. And we'll see how they do without their quarterback, which can be a tough situation when you ain't got a, a quarterback back there to, to make things happen. Right. It is. Um, going to switch it up. Basketball's about to begin in a few weeks. Um, I wanted to ask you about the college basketball influx of international players that we are seeing. Uh, you know, UCLA's got some. There's a couple of more out west. 
Arizona picked up some, I believe. Of course, Kentucky brought in Big Z. Um, we're seeing kind of an influx of international players into the college game and going to school and stuff. So what do you think is attributing to, to that? We really haven't seen that before. Your mic's muted. <laughs> see, sorry about that. Hey, hey, see, see we're I, we're I, all we're all screwing up tonight. But you caught me off guard with that one. I think a lot of it has to do with the stuff you see in the NBA. You know, with with all the international players. You know, with what's the Maverick? What's the Mavericks guard's name? Um, Doncic. You see it with them, and you, you know you see them coming from. Well, know, I mean, that's usually when they come to the America. They've been going to the NBA, and now yeah, they go, they, an they go straight from into college. They go straight from is the NIL over, part of that deal? You think? I think it is. They can make a lot money. of it. I think NIL has a big deal with it, and I think they just want to be put on the big stage. You know, look at Big Z. You know, he had two or three guys, two or three teams that was after him. And he ultimately chose Kentucky because he wants, you know, to be on the big stage and have an opportunity to play on the big stage. And that's where you get those big opportunities is like places like Kentucky, um, UCLA, UCLA, UCLA North Carolina, yeah. um, right. even Arizona now, you know, even yeah. teams like Marquette. Marquette's got a few. Marquette's yeah. getting good. Shocker Smart is, is turning Marquette around as we speak, um, you know, and – I think it, it has a lot to do with the NIL, and I think a lot of it has to do with just, you know, they, they, they want an opportunity in America. They want an opportunity to play and shine to the next level, and I think this gives them an opportunity to do that. It's just something completely different. I'm, I'm 49 years I old. With you. Falling I, actually, all my life. I actually enjoy it. I actually enjoy it, to be honest. And there's, there's this great influx going on of college basketball international players coming in. And um, well, it's you, going to be interesting to see how see it all it plays with, out. Well, you even see it with Tennessee. Um, Santiago Vescovi. You know, you see and, it with Vescovi. And, and they've um, got another one this time, he's, I think. He's coming back for what? His sixth season, I think? Uh, I've, been, I mean, I've, make, I've been making jokes that he's in his ninth year. I mean, I know it's just a joke. but He, he mean, wasn't there. On. He wasn't there as long as Perry Ellis was at Kent. Perry Ellis <laughs> was there since the Obama administration. So Vescovi's in his ninth year at Tennessee, I'm pretty sure. That's that's yeah. kind of a joke, but kind of not. No, it's kind of not, no. <laughs> All right. So beyond that, um, in the last day, couple of days, the preseason basketball mm-hmm. polls have come out. And uh, you know, what's your initial thoughts? Um, on the I basketball polls, I think they got it right. Um, you know, everybody says, "Well, why isn't Kentucky ranked in the top ten and the top five? That was a lot of people was asking questions about that, and I think a lot of it has to do with the last three or four years at Kentucky with under Cal. You know, they haven't they haven't produced, they haven't done what you know that's up to Kentucky standards. You know, they lost to St. Peter's in the first round a couple of years ago. Then they come back and they got the sixth seed um, last year and beat Providence. Then they got beat by a really good Kansas State team. And it just seems like Kentucky hasn't advanced past the round of, what, 32? I guess it's – what's it been since 2017, I think? 19. Maybe 18, 19. <clears throat> 19 19. With Tyler Hero the Tyler Hero group got to the, the Tyler Hero group, yeah. So a lot of that has to do with the last couple of years, I think. Um, Kansas, I thought, was was appropriate for number one. You know, they got Hunter Diggison, they got um, Dewan Harris, that good guard. Um, they're going they're going to be a really Kansas is going to be a really good team to watch. They have a good start in five. I'm just not they so really sure do. about their and, and I tell you, another team that's going to be a very, very underrated team, and that is um, Texas A&M because they bring back half of their team, plus they bring back, you know, 
they they named him preseason player of the year this year was Wade Taylor. Wade yeah. Taylor is an absolute ball hawk. He plays really good defense, um, does all the good things that you like. I think last year Texas A&M kind of, you know. Surprised. I they, uh, yeah, they did. And, and you know, everybody says, well, they had a – you know, they lost in the first round of Penn State. But at the same time, they still done a lot compared to what they had the last three or four years. You know, Buzz Williams has got a really – Buzz is a great team. coach, man. Great Buzz coach. Buzz is a good coach. You know, anytime you take Marquette from the doldrums and you do what he did at Virginia Tech, um, there's something to be said about his coaching pedigree. You know, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's a he's a he's a tough, hard nosed coach. I'm not sure that he could be uh, a, a mountaintop leader, but you put him mm-hmm. in a program where he's got to climb and be tough and hard nosed mm-hmm. to get there. And, and he is a great coach for that. I'll say this. I, I'm just going to run it down. This is the top 25. You got one, Kansas, two, Duke, three, Purdue, four, Michigan State, five, Marquette, six, UConn, seven, Houston, eight, Creighton, nine, Tennessee, ten, Florida Atlantic. They bring back five starters from a year ago. Time that happened, 1982. That's, that's been a while. From the um, final four 11, 11, Gonzaga, 12, Arizona, 13, Miami, 14, Arkansas, 15, A&M, 16, Kentucky, 17, San Diego State, 18, Texas, 19, North Carolina, 20, Baylor, 21, USC, 22, Villanova. Villanova looks to be on the bounce back this year. They're, they're going to have a lot better team this year. Um, 23, St. Mary's, 24, Alabama and 25 Illinois. I'll say this. I was very surprised that UCLA and Colorado was not um, in this top 25. De Silva for Colorado is one of, is one of my favorite players. He, he gets after it on the defensive end. He gets after it on the boards. They got two or three guys that – the average, I think, double figures. Um, UCLA is going to have a really good team. The biggest one I thought in the SEC was Auburn because Auburn's going to have a really good team this year. Um, I think they get Johnny Broom back. Um, they get a couple fresh stud freshmen. They're going to be tough. Holloway, Holloway Adam Holloway is going to be um, a tough Mississippi one. State's going to be good. Florida's going to Florida got I think votes. Um, I'm really shocked that Missouri only got six votes. Um, what Dennis Gates is doing at Missouri is something that me and you never thought would have happened. He's actually going out and he's competing for five-star talent with the likes of Kentucky, UCLA, and, and uh, you know, these others, Kansas. Um, I think Kentucky's actually in a race right now with Missouri for a basketball player, a five-star. So what he's doing at Missouri is unheard of, to be honest. The football team's doing good, and now Dennis Gates is is bringing it up in the basketball. Which Missouri, back in the day, if you remember, Missouri was a really good basketball program back in the Big 12. You know, they had guys like Keon Doolin, um, Kim English. Um, oh, yeah, to absolutely. There was, a, uh, there was a couple of guys that uh, – what was the little guard's name that played back in the early 2000s? Um Gilbert Gilbert was was one. Um, he was a really good player. Missouri had some good teams back in the Big Twelve, and uh, and they've and they and they're trying and they're kind of getting back to that that level of toughness that you that you see in the Big Twelve with this SE, with this new SEC realignment and and such. So, right and absolutely the and the preseason polls came out today. The SEC in the top four. Was yeah. Tennessee was one, two, Texas A and M, Texas A and M, three was Arkansas, and four was Kentucky, which yeah. I agree with that. Um, that's your top four. Five and I five think, was Bama, I think. Five was Bama. I think that's your top five, yeah. top four. Um, beyond that, it's a crapshoot, to be honest, because you know you got Missouri going to be a lot better than, than you know like last year. They was really good last year. Then you got Alabama. Then you got teams like Georgia and South Carolina that's going to be somewhat improved. 
I mean, they're not going to be Final Four contenders, but they're going to be at least competitive in the SEC. You know, Mike White has brought in a really good transfer roster at Georgia. Um, Florida's going to be good. Um, Coach Golden, he's done a really good job with San Francisco. I think he'll have a good team at Florida. And then you got South Carolina with uh, Paris, that coach down there. He uh, actually, he actually got a Kentucky kid a week ago, two maybe. The Noah yeah. kid from Harlan. Um, the Noah kid from Harlan. He's a really good f- basketball player. I love the Noah kid that plays at Harlan. I think he's an absolute treasure to watch. If you haven't watched basketball, go watch. I think his name's Trevor Noah, maybe. Think I know I know that's awful to not remember somebody's name, but well, I'm not good with names, so I, I ain't either. Um, um, I'm gonna try on, to man. play my pick six video if I don't have sound when I come back. Why I, I won't do the other one. <laughs> While you're looking it up. We're gonna I'm looking it up. Just, just, just give me just a minute. Trent Noah. Okay. Trent, can you hear? Trent me? Noah's. Trent, yeah, Trent Noah's his name. Okay. Um. All right. This is our pick six segment. We're going to go move on and go to our pick six segment. So we are about at the midseason, seven weeks in to college football. Um, we're about at the midseason mark, and a lot of um, people are talking about midseason All-American teams. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to run through some of these, and and then I, I'm not going to run through every single one, every single position, um, but some of the main ones I am. Um, okay. I think can I, get, I think can I, go, can I go first? Huh? Can I go first? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I, I was I was going to run through like the main positions and midseason All American teams. Well, uh, for I'll, I'll give you some. I'll give you a few. Let me just give you a few of mine, and I'll let you. I'll let you go from there. Um, here's two of mine receivers. I think Malik Neighbors from LSU is one. I think. Um, Luther Burden from Missouri is another. Which, by the way, is two SEC guys. Two SEC guys. I think Brock Bowers, even though he's injured, he's still on this list. Um, As the tight end. He leads Georgia with 41 catches, 567 yards, and he has five touchdowns. Um, He's got four receptions and one rushing touchdown. Um, From there, I would go – I'm going to go defense on this. I think on edge, you got Dallas Turner from Alabama. Um, he stepped up since Will Anderson left from the NFL. Um, Tyleek Williams from Ohio State. Um, you know what's key about Tyleek Williams? Tyleek Williams is he weighed more than 300 pounds when he stepped on the Ohio State football campus. And now I think he's 290. Um, he's playing, he's in the best shape that I've seen. And he's playing really good football. Um, and then another one I got that a lot of people haven't really heard about is Cooper Dijon from Iowa, um, their cornerback. Um, Cooper is having an outstanding year. Um, he has seven – since the beginning of last year, he has seven interceptions. He's got two this year. Um, nobody else in FBS has that in that span. So that that was another guy that I was kind of um, looking at, um, you know, for defense. And then I'm gonna go one more, and I'll let you go. Is Malachi Starks um, for Georgia? He was one of the best true freshmen last year, and he's only gotten better, to be honest. Um, he's third on the team with 25 tackles. He's got two interceptions, four pass breaks up, four pass breakups. He, here's a key stat about Malachi Starks. He is the only safety in the country to rank in the top 15 for both coverage grade and run defense grade. 
That's pretty good. <clears throat> that tells you what Kirby Smart is doing at Georgia with that kind of talent, man. That's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's hard. That's hard to top. All right, so I'm going to run through some of some of the main positions. So on offense, QB, it's got to be Michael Penix Jr. If you ask me, um, at this point, honorable mention would be Heisman. Would be, Heisman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Heisman. Honorable, honorable mention would be Jaden Daniels from LSU. Um, would be would be mine right now for the quarterback. Um, running backs, Jonathan Brooks from Texas mm-hmm. um, would, would be one of my tops. Also, um, Audric, and I don't know how he pronounces his last name, from Notre Dame, he, um, the running back, Estime. I'm not sure if that's how he pronounces it. I think that's how you say it, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, honorable mention, I'm going to give it to Ray Davis from Kentucky. I was starting to say – you know, as much as Kentucky has struggled offensively with Devin Leary and the receivers, yeah, the, the kind of year that Ray Davis is having is is really impressive. It's you know, pretty special. You know, he I is second in the, the country in scoring. The he Florida game touchdowns. He he literally took over the Florida game, and had it not been for questionable, I say questionable. Coaching Saturday night, he would have taken over the Missouri game. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was on his way. Absolutely. What they done, they went away from what Ray Davis does, and they tried to mix it up. Go where your hosses are. Yeah, and that was absolutely. Ray Davis was picking up three to four yards at a time, and, and, and you go away from him. Oh, he was averaging about seven or eight yards a carry. Seven in the or first eight quarter. yards, yeah. Yeah, in the first quarter, uh, and, and you're up yeah. fourteen to nothing, and then you get away from that. That that didn't. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, the two receivers that you mentioned are the two that I was going to mention, and neighbors and burden. Uh, mm-hmm. My honorable mention would be Washington's Rome Oduns. Oduns. I'm not how he pronounces his name. And I'll tell you another one to watch. And and Marvin Harrison Jr. is Tez from Tez Walker. From North Carolina, he'll be on that yeah. list eventually. He he might be at the end of the year. Marvin yeah, Harrison yeah. Jr. is my other one um, that I was going to mention. Um, you already said Brock Bowers. I'm not going to get into edge rushers. Dallas Turner. Um, I'll give you a guy. Yo Johan Elis. From Utah would be my honorable mention on that. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a guy for me. It's Cooper Beebe. Um, he's an offensive guard from Kansas State. He's probably one of the most consistent offensive linemen in college football. I think he's on my list. Cooper Beebe is on my list as yeah, an he offensive made, guard. I think he's made yeah. 41 career starts. Um, he hasn't – okay, this is how consistent this guy is. What's up, Clyde? He hasn't, he hasn't with, given up a sack. He hasn't gave up a sack since 2020. I mean, that's kind of good. That's real good. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Clyde, I, mean, I agree with you. In my, my opinion, really Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have the best pro career out of any of the current college players that are – within a year or two. Now, maybe you might have some freshmen and sophomores, um, but I think he's going to have the best pro career Marvin Harrison Jr. is. So just put that up there. But I do think that neighbors and burden so far have had better numbers this year. Um, You know, so that's where I was going with that. I mean, at the midway point, um, I'm trying to look. Um, Zachary Branch, the the outstanding freshman, I would put him as the returner so far. From USC. Um, On my on my just just to name a few different positions, um, I would put him as my returner. Um, Jay, I tell you another one that a lot of people have not you not mentioned. 
is Jalen Wright from Tennessee, um, running back. He he, he would be my good. next honorable mention after I said Ray Davis, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, well, since you put Ray Davis, I put Jalen Wright. I think Jalen Wright is a, a big key to that Tennessee offense right now. Um, Tennessee's not playing the best, you know, offensively at quarterback. There's there's still some jams there with with Milton, which I think they can get it figured out. Hopple's a really good coach. Um, so, you know, which they got Alabama this week. We'll find out we'll find out what Tennessee's made of this week when they go to Tuscaloosa. So we will. All right, guys. So that is kind of uh, our pick six segment on the midseason All-American team for college football. And we are going to go on to our no-fly zone. Negative ghost rider. That's not going to fly here. All right. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, just making sure. Sometimes when I play them videos and come back, the mic doesn't come back when I when it's supposed to. All right, the first one here, John, I don't know if you heard about this today, but I'm going to try to explain this to you, and I want to get your opinion on it. So there was another Senate hearing today with the NCAA trying to get the Senate to do some legislation, okay? Oh, my goodness. President Baker, the NCAA current president, Charlie Baker, in the hearing today shifted the idea of the athletes being deemed employees of the school so they would not have to count on federal legislation and they could do it themselves without federal legislation. And the reason why he wanted to do it where they're deemed employees is because if they're employees, they can be given benefits. They can be, they can have, they can have a union players union Well, and two and things like that. that. So I want, I want to get your idea or your well, thoughts on, on, you know, maybe it being shifted to, I think um, it's, the NIL I think it's a good idea because employees. I think it's a good idea because you got kids that can't really dive into the aspect of the NIL yet in the locker room. You know, you got the you got the big timers, you know, like Marvin Harrison Jr. and these others. But say you get all these guys on the same team to be employees of the schools, you basically can do whatever you want to with the NIL deal aspect of it. And you wouldn't have to worry about what's going on on the outside, and you could worry about what was going on on the inside. You know what I mean? And I think this is a good idea, and I think this is a fly. I think I think it's a it's a good choice. Um, you know, I, I seen today something about where a NCAA official said he didn't like the ideas of this same thing and players getting paid. But the NCAA is the one who thought about this. Yeah. Make it make sense. Well, so here's my deal. And here's and I read up a little bit about this today. So the way I'm understanding it is if this was done just in Division One for the Division One athletes, then it would probably be a positive deal. If well, if they here's, open here's these doors thing. to Division Two and Three and NIA and all that, that kind that's, of stuff, it's, it's, it's going is. to be an absolute mess. That's the problem. If you only do it for NCAA Division One teams, you're going to have to start going down to Division Two, II, Division Three, and so forth because it's not. You're going to have people that's like you said, it's going to make a mess, and kids want to benefit off their name and and it, this is a different time frame well and so so charlie baker so charlie baker is trying to give some of these players some benefits and benefits like medical benefits um 
and 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 some opportunity for money even like two or three years after you're out of school um and and stuff like that and you know this is the possibilities of opening the door to some of that and not needing um you know federal government legislation to control all, all of it basically um so i'm gonna be right now hesitantly when i don't know everything about this i'm gonna be a fly on it tonight um you know yeah, i did try I to i did try to look into it enough to know a little bit tonight but i need to look into it more i think this is a fly yeah I actually think that uh, it is a it help, deal it helps, that could work. It helps all parties involved, every school, you know. And then that way the schools can control how they, um, you know, manage and discipline their employees. Yeah, it's sort of like, sort of like me and you going to a job and, and they have total control of me and you. And they do like with our checks, they can handle it any way they want to handle it. I think yeah. that's I think that's a good I think that's a good thing to do. I mean, because you right. don't have any outsiders to to worry about in that regard. You just gotta worry about your employees at the school. Well, right now, I mean, they're they're wanting the government to control all of it and they're they're not even half stepping up and doing anything about it. So no, it's basically they're, they're, half of it is not controlled at all right now. It's not. It's not, you know, so. All right. So that was my first topic. And I know that one was kind of a long one as far as explaining it all and everything. But so my next topic is Georgia and Bowers without Bowers. Did, can Georgia still make the college football playoff? Yes. You're that confident. You don't even hesitate. They got Missouri. They got Tennessee. I'll tell you why. They got Florida. Because Georgia has been in this position so many times. You know, they've had a few players get hurt in the Kirby era, and they still managed to do what they need to do. And, they, you know, they had they – had, well, was it last year they lost to Alabama, which – you know, they had some key guys out and the different things, but then they come right back and they got into the college football playoff and they whipped TCU pretty good. So Kirby is a motivator. Kirby knows how to motivate his team. Kirby knows how to flip a switch, so to speak, how to flip a switch on his team, how to know how to figure things out, how to, how to diaphragm things, how to, how to change things up. You know, you you okay? I'll give you an example. You look at the games that they've been behind in the the fourteen three against. Um, They're going to get bit sometime or another. South Carolina, and, the, the Missouri game last year, the Ohio State yeah. game last year, the Ohio and, State game last year. They got lucky to survive. Let's just be yes, honest. but you got to give Georgia credit. Their kicker, their kicker, kicked it into the into the locker room instead of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, they got lucky to survive. Yeah, but they still had the quarterback. <laughs> if there's one thing that Georgia doesn't have compared to last year. They don't have the defense that they had last year. Now, is their defense legit? Yes, they got they got the, they got guys all over the field. They got guys that can play anywhere on the field. They got three or four guys are subbing in and out. They're that they're that good. But is there going to be a game down the road, say in Knoxville, where they're where they're teetering on a loss, possibly some, you know, a, a game-changing play, and they ain't got Brock Bowers to go to, who steps up in that situation? 
I mean, I agree with you. And, Larvin, and I'm going to put think... you up here because you're on with us, and I, and oh, I like God. to see that you're on with us. But stop trying to cause trouble. Yeah, he's, he's stirring <laughs> it. He's stirring yeah. the pot, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was telling Bo. That's what I said, Bo. You know, Kirby has more guys to jump in there and, and make plays. And and two all I'm know, saying, guys, is some point in time they're gonna get bit somewhere. They're not gonna just keep winning forever, okay? This is year three. They're they're in a they're they're not quite as good as what they have been, and I think that's pretty evident outside of the damn Kentucky game. Every other game they've played, they they look mortal most of it. Even the Vandy game last week compared yeah, to the Kentucky they, game, they didn't look all right. And and when you and when you lose a guy the caliber of Brock Bowers for four to six weeks. Six weeks means he's done until, I mean, maybe the SEC championship game or maybe the bowl game. Or not the bowl, but the college football playoff, which is probably well, where we're going. He, he could possibly come back because that's not until late January. Or middle. Or I know. He would be back then. He the would be back then, on. yes. I still think exactly this is a Clyde. Fly. Exactly, Clyde. They did let Vandy – and Vandy had an early lead on them as well. I still think this is a fly because – listen, Brad. All right, we're going to fuss. This is the show is. This is this what is this – it's the big fuss show. So, you know, that's what it's about. Georgia is Georgia until somebody beats them. And at some point in time – Somebody's going to knock their ass off. They're two back-to-back <laughs> champions. And I sure Kirby as hell Smart. wished it would have been us. Kirby Smart <laughs> is one of the best coaches in America. Until you beat Georgia, it's still Listen. you want to beat Georgia. Georgia's the top dog. Until you beat Georgia, fly. until you beat Georgia, Hello. I got you, man. I'm 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 hearing you. I really am. But all I'm saying is at some point in time, somebody's gonna knock their ass off. And yeah. my bet now that Anthony now that Kentucky Wyman, my bet is this trouble, now that Kentucky's lost the games that they've lost already and lost to Missouri and Missouri's in the driver's seat, I bet you any damn thing, Missouri goes and picks them off without Bowers. What are you going to bet? That's my bet. And Anthony Weirman's trying to start trouble. Weirman, don't make me block you. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm glad to see you on here, Weirman. So, yeah, he does that just to get a rouse out of me, and I'm not, I'm not folding tonight. So. <laughs> All right, so my next, my next topic tonight on the no-fly zone is – the first game this week in in the moment of truth for Penn State, do they pass or fail? They play Ohio State. They play Ohio State this this week. I'm not in saying win or lose here. I'm saying do they play and challenge and look the part? Because they get two games. They get Ohio State and Michigan. And the Ohio State game is on the road and they get Michigan at home in a few weeks. So, But they have two games, and they have to win one of them. Do they challenge enough this week to at least pass the test? Yes. Because this is the moment of truth for Penn State. I'll tell you why. Because Penn State actually has a quarterback now. And their quarterback play is but Penn State has a hell of a defense. Well, they do. That, 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 they that too. do. They do. They lead the country. They're better than this. Michigan. Will be. Let me let me say this. I don't. What's the point spread? Three was it three and a half or something? 
three, something like that. Um, I think it's three. I, I don't think Penn State wins this game. Bo Buckner, are you talking about the Missouri bet? <laughs> I think he is. That's what he's talking about, yeah. Um, yeah. I think – man, you stumped me on – I think they passed this. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to win. <laughs> man, I'm glad to see you guys on tonight. No kidding. I don't know, man. This is tough. I think I don't think they'll win Saturday, but I think they passed the test. So, Wyman says Penn State wins and Josh says Ohio State wins. I just don't and know, Buckner, man. Bo Buckner says Penn State wins this weekend. This is a tough game, to be honest. And Ohio State, to me, hasn't really – I mean, they haven't really looked all that impressive, have they? Like you look at the you look at the game against Maryland, they had to put put Maryland away. Penn State has looked way more impressive to me in the games they have, that they have the played time, than the whole, Ohio the whole State season. has. Yes, um, throughout the whole season. That's what I'm, I'm afraid to touch. I'm afraid to touch this game to be honest. Where's well, the game we're gonna, now? We're, we're we're gonna. It's at Ohio State. We're gonna pick this game. Um, on on, let me, on Thursday let's night. Wait, let's wait till Thursday night, man, because. Yeah. It's three and a half. That's why I said you don't have to tell me win or lose because we're going to pick this game on Thursday night. So I'll give you my answer. I'll give you my answer Thursday. But if they pass the – do they pass the test? Yes. That's a fly. Okay. That's all I was wanting to find out. I think they will pass the test because, like I said, they get two chances at this, and I think they will pass the test. It's three and Um, a half, Josh, I think. My next topic for our no-fly zone is a basketball. We're going to turn to basketball again. I did that a little bit ago um, on topics. The Big 12 commissioner is says that the Big 12 is eyeing a 20-game hoop schedule after realignment next year. Um, what do you think about that? With the, you know, They're losing Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. They're bringing in – the Arizona schools, Utah, and Colorado. So they're going to gain two teams. Um, and they're talking about going to a 20-game schedule. I don't like it. And i tell you why, because – I'm talking about conference today. schedule, guys. I'll, t- I'll tell you something today. You knock out the rivalry games, like games like Arizona and Arizona State, games that have meant something for years. On the on the hardwood, and and even football, um, I, I, I'm not a huge, not a huge proponent of this. And you got the traveling is is the second part of this. You know, you got teams traveling from, you know, like UCLA for instance. UCLA traveling all the way from um, California, like they do. And then they go to a place like in the they're middle. They're in four the, different time zones now. Are they going to be time, in four it, time it screws, zones? It's true. It's true with the schedules. And I, I'm just not a big proponent of it. And this is a no fly for me. I, I don't like it. I, I, it knocks out a lot. Like even, you know, like I said, the Arizona, Arizona State games, it knocks out the opportunity for these, some of these rivalry games um, to continue. And you don't want to knock games that have meant well, something you def- to these. You definitely are going to lose, you know, some non-conference games if you go to a 20-game Yeah, you're going to lose some non-conference games as well. Um, yeah. Some of the big-time games that you that you normally would like to see, you won't get those anymore. I think, I think this whole new realignment crap is okay to an extent, but, but there's ways to go about it. Um, you know, I, I'm okay. You know, with the Big Ten, the Big Ten's got to make some decisions too on how many games they, they, do. they got a bunch now, of teams in. I'm okay in, with so. Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC. I, I'm cool with that. But <clears throat> we're reaching a point now where it seems like this whole realignment thing 
is just going to be a cutoff from the NCAA. And we're going to say, you know what? We're just going to have a power conference, just a power five conference. I think that's kind of where we're headed in the future. Headed, I don't know how we're headed, where we're headed I don't to. know how soon it is going to be. But And it, I'm not saying it's going to be next year or the year after, but eventually it's just going to be where every school is going to go somewhere and jump to a different location or conference. And it's basically going to kill a lot of these mid-major schools. Like some of these mid-major teams and some of these teams that don't have a lot of recognition in, in basketball or football, it's going, to, it's going to hurt them, to be honest, because you're going to move everybody into one big conference and you're going to leave them out in the um, wild trying to figure out how to, how, to, how to get to that point. And I just don't think it's a – I just don't think it's a, a good choice, to be honest. You're muted, Bray. Yeah. Let him come back a minute. But no, I think the the realignment is I think it's fine with the whole Oklahoma, Texas. There's certain realignments you can do, but there there reaches a point where some of these little schools you're you're just you're hurting in the long run, especially money wise. So Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, I was saying, I was doing a, reading a little bit an article on what the Big 12 commissioner was saying, and he was saying with this 20-game schedule that he would do like kind of group scheduling. If they were going to the East Coast time zone, they would play two or three games in the East Coast time zone. If they were going to the – it'd be a, a West road swing, they would, you know, go to the Pacific time zone and, and play a couple of games – and that they were looking into doing that, like inside the time zones, to cut down on all the travel and stuff. That mm -hmm. part of it actually made sense. So, but still know. a no fly for me. So, uh, all right. I mean, I just wanted to throw it in there. I seen it, and and I thought it would be a pretty good topic. There is another basketball topic here that I wanted to get to. And this one was going to be great with all the Kentucky fans. Kansas <laughs> gets a slap on the wrist for infractions. And this is after, you know, the Tennessee football deal and 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 what happened with them. And Anthony, I mean, the Anthony, Anthony Wireman brings up a good point. Um, he says, do they realize the Bowen and Rifle teams still have to travel across the country too? It's crazy, Anthony. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And soccer, even soccer. Soccer has to I do mean, that. How about it's, Olympic sports that don't like, make any money? I mean, you know, tennis, stuff like that. Swimming. Yeah. I mean, that, like that was actually a good that was actually a good topic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really crazy. I mean, yeah. honestly. But so you know, what I was getting at here is does the NCAA have any, like, stout? I mean, you know, are they, you know, are they anything anymore at all? Like, I, I just, like, basically you can do whatever you want and you can say, oh, I'm going to expend, I'm going to suspend my coach for eight games. And they're like, okay, that's good. We don't, we're, we don't need to do anything else. I think like, it's, it's ridiculous. And even, you know, with NCAA at the same time, you know, even I think they become useless when they started this whole <clears throat> NCAA tournament change about. I felt like it was it was fine with what we was doing. And then we went from one team to, to this many teams to a play-in game to another. And, and now they're wanting to push a button to where everybody gets involved. Kansas had five level one infractions. Five. Not one, not two. They had five. And 
I mean, why have level one, level two, level three infractions if it doesn't matter? Like, why? I don't even understand the concept to any of this anymore. They're, they're, and it's going to reach a point. Um, huh? Nobody's interested, to be honest. It's just. I mean, I know Bo said he's a Tennessee football fan, but they had something like 18 level one infractions and got a slap on the wrist and have to pay back somebody, to pay somebody back some made money. A, somebody made a good point here. If that was Kentucky, would we get the max punishment? When Kentucky had done it in the past, they have. I can tell you that. Now, the way the, the way things are going nowadays, I don't know that that's the way it would go. But in the past, they have. That's for sure. Look at the look. Let's go back to was it nineteen eighty eight, eighty seven with the whole Sean Kemp thing. Now, I agree that Sean Kemp shouldn't have done what he done, Chris Mills and all them. But Kentucky got punished for that. And I've seen a lot. Chris Vaughn is on with us. I appreciate Chris being on. Wireman, Bo. Um, Josh, Clyde, there's been quite a few on with us tonight, so I yeah, just want to say gonna, thank you guys. This might, this maybe goes by a little faster with, with people on it. And yeah. now he wants to do the the 10 rappers of all time. Now, Brad, <laughs> Brad, we're going to have to do something with Wireman. He's getting out of control up here. <laughs> no, nah, but but no. No, so look, look at the look at the, the, the thing with, with Sean Kemp back when Eddie Sutton was there. You know, I get what happened I mean, was bad. That was really harsh, but that was a long time ago now. And and yeah, it's but you know, but when you look back over the last ten years, there there's there's really no punishment for any of these teams. Not mm-hmm. really. They self they self do some punishment and take away some stuff, suspend a coach, do some things. Reduce a scholarship or well, some I'll give you visits. I'll, or two. I'll give you one that that made Brad's uh, lucky charms twist last year. You, the Oklahoma okay. State, the Oklahoma yeah. State last year. Yeah, you was really angry over that last year. I mean, it's just I don't understand it anymore. Like. You know, I don't even understand why there's levels to infractions and why there. I mean, just say basically you can do whatever you want and just impose your own, you know, stupid small little infractions, you know, or your own punishments, and yeah. and you can do whatever you want to basically because that's what happens. If Cal in Kentucky had five level one violations. The NCA would ro- relocate to Lexington and work around the clock. <laughs> they, would, they would try to bury Kentucky, probably. <laughs> they bury it. And the media, the media definitely would. Yeah. That's the thing now. I don't know if, about the CAA, but the media would try everything in the world to bury Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And you don't hear, you don't even hardly hear nothing about Kansas for the last. This is from night. From 1718, okay, these infractions, and they're just now even finalizing it. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. That was six, almost six years ago, almost. You know, so, all right, we're going to get to our final buzzer. Our final buzzer is kind of our, our last thing. Of you're, the episode. Uh, you're going, in, your uh, mic's kind of static and. Okay, well, this is it. So, um, <laughs> this is it, Brad. Yeah, so mine is on Tez Walker. Um, it was good to see Tez Walker he play against Miami at home. He had his it high was. school family and coach there, and and he had six receptions for 151 yards and three touchdowns against yeah. Miami in his first full game back. Um, he gets to play the last half of this season, and it was good to see. I just want to say that. Look the what NCAA, happened to Bruce. The NCAA Bruce, finally got something right. Look what happened to Bruce Pearl for having a recruit at a cookout at Tennessee. That was that was a little that was a little out there too. And they 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 put the they put the hammer on Pearl for that. 
But again, that's probably been 10 years ago now. Yeah. Anything in the last eight or 10 years, they've just gotten away with anything. Yeah. But thank you for tonight. You don't want to say, you don't want to say your, your, uh, that you were talking about with me. You're going to hold that. I mean, here's, here's where I want to go with this. You know, I love what Stoops has done for Kentucky. That's that's unheard of. But when when you're reaching a level to a point to where you need to go to the next level, you cannot do what you did Saturday night, and you cannot do what you did last week against Georgia. Um, last year. Kentucky goes to Tennessee, big opportunity, primetime game, get blowed out. This year, big opportunity to make things happen against um, Georgia, go down there and get blowed out. It's it's the same stuff over and over and over. It is kind of that. I will say that. So here's the deal. Stoops got us to a point about five years ago raised us up to a point to where we are consistently, you know, five and two, six and two, something like that. And then a couple of times we have we we have finished off the season strong, won a couple couple of years bowls, won ten games, and then a couple and then, you know, a lot of times we go five hundred the west the rest of the way and, you know, or something like that. And we really have not went up another level no, over, the it, last, it stayed the same. over the last five years. But, but here's what I, I don't get with the fans, and, and not all fans are like this, but, you know, you've beaten teams, cupcakes, Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, and, and you beat up on a down SEC year like teams and down in their years. Like, for example, Florida was down for a long time, and we, we beat them, what, four years, three years in a row. Um, you beat Tennessee in a down year, and Tennessee's getting better. You beat Missouri in some down years. You beat South Carolina in some down years. But to what be happened, fair, you're supposed to beat them in down years. What, what happens? You who can beat them in down years. We've had coaches what happens, to do that. But what happens Joker when Phillips, you – Phillips couldn't figure his way out of a wet bag. No, but what happens when the SEC gets better with Oklahoma and Texas coming to town? That's that's my biggest thing. We're gonna find we're gonna find out pretty soon. Um, you know that's why this year was important, I think. And I know we got Bo on with us, but Kentucky's on a bye week. Tennessee's going to play Alabama, and then and then they play Kentucky. Um, you know, we've got. I'm gonna we got say some this. We got to speed I'm up the say offense. This. And I wrote an article. Uh, I'm going to say this on the final buzzer. I'm going to say this on the final buzzer, and and we'll let this die. If you're okay with seven, eight wins going to a Music City Liberty Bowl, that's on you. But at some point, you've got to get to the level where you reach another level and start getting New Year's Six Bowls and and, and getting players because – I want – Okay, let me me give you an example. There's some teams out there – I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to name teams, but there's some teams out there that have went to the next level that has been in Kentucky's shoes, and we're saying that Kentucky cannot do that. No, Kentucky can do that, and I and I and I think that's on that is on Mark right now. He has taken us to this level, um, but we need to. Uh, Move up. It's an important week in the bye. That's what I was talking about to work on speeding up this offense. Check out my article on stadiumrant.com about three keys to improve during the bye week. Um, check that out. Exactly. Uh, but, Bo, he said until Kentucky starts paying big money, they'll never win championships. And, and I'll even go a step further. When we play Tennessee, he in two is weeks, playing, paying big money. They're, they have the eighth highest paid coach in the country. Uh, 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 nine million for those kind of results. 
that he says he recruits. I, I mean, I agree with you on that. And and here's another thing on top of this. We play Tennessee, what, in two weeks, right? You lose what the I Tennessee was saying, game. If you'll let me finish on my – my, on the bye week, if we could come back and make some changes and beat Tennessee at home and setting at six and two, and then we go to Mississippi State, a team on the road and win that, then Kentucky is right back in the driver's seat to where they could maybe yeah. get to a New I'm, Year's I'm, Six Bowl. I agree. And, and then, but the, 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 the key thing that I was, I heard a podcast the other day. Um, I think it was um, – who was it? Uh, might have been Josh Pate or somebody. He said, but the issue is you come you come back to the Tennessee game and you lose that game, you pretty much lose the fan base for the whole season. They, they, they switched to basketball. Well, and, and, and a lot of them will, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's, that's my right, last guys, thing. I, we're not going to get into a big, huge, deep thing. I just wanted to he, – he, John kind of wanted to touch on, on stuff here. And, Wireman, I promise you, I have not forgotten Kentucky's football history. I promise. Like I said, <laughs> Joker Phillips couldn't win his way out of a wet paper bag. Um, <laughs> and Bill Curry. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. Bill Curry was a – I remember – Bill Curry days. was just – Bill Curry was not a coach. Bill Curry could just talk. Bill Curry was a good talker. A great human being. Awesome great guy. Human great human being. T -t -t terrible coach. <laughs> I mean, terrible. Um, Man, this anyway. has been awesome tonight. We haven't had this many people talking in a long time. Oh, God. Wireman. No, no, Wireman. We don't bring that stuff up for here on the college sportscast. He's trying to stir uh, up. But I am glad you guys are on with us. Um, it's been a great show tonight. I'll catch our show next time on Thursday night. We did our game day pitch show, me and John. And I'll have yeah. Taylor's picks with us, too. And and we will pick. Wireman's <laughs> uh, trying to stir up a hornet's nest tonight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll pick 10 or 12 of the best games of the week for college football. That Penn State Ohio State game is going to be one of them, and we do use DraftKings spread. So Josh said, tune in. "Josh said, fix your mic, Brad." I'm trying. This is a brand new one again. So don't care about the war class. <laughs> <laughs> See what you started, right, guys. <laughs> Y'all tune in. This has been yeah. College Podcast, the Big Fuss Show, week eight. Y'all have a good night. You too. Have a good one.